0: Okay. No, I didn't. I, I just got to the bus stop, and then the bus says it be there in an exorbitantly large amount of time. I was quite shocked. Because that doesn't usually happen. I usually get there before the bus comes. It's
1: the worst thing
0: that happens. No, it is not the worst thing that happens. I can give you a list of five <laughs> things that are easily worse than that, um, but then the class would be very sad afterwards, so we're not um, going to do that.
1: May
2: that be the worst thing that happens then.
0: God willing. Okay. <laughs> um... We put the smartphones in the bin, and then we'll start. Oh, no. Okay, um, I'm taking liberties because I'm the teacher. I can do that. Um, we're going to talk about Lag Bomer.
1: Wow. Oh yeah.
0: But only sort of.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Sort of. Okay.
0: We're going to start off with a. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna start off with a enigmatic and counterintuitive statement. The Baal Shem Tov instructed that people should not study Kabbalah. The Baal no, Shem Tov was anti-Kabbalah study. Yes,
1: I thought that's exactly what uh, Hasidim want to do.
0: Well, well, just cause they want to do it. <laughs> they do it, I mean, they should do it. there's a long it's list of things that I want to do that I shouldn't do. <laughs> yeah, but see,
1: they're not allowed because I thought you were allowed only when you're 40. So that's why they are doing something actually forbidden. So I thought the Baal Shantel was so bold, like, doing it. No. So who, why, why are people doing this?
0: I guess now we have a topic for a class.
1: Even Hasidim don't learn Kabbalah. Why there's more. Like, there's going to it. The song. Yeah. I don't think he's walking yeah. right now. I thought, guys, we we don't listen well, to the whole thing we about to, maybe so we're forty,
0: and yes. you now this is this is why <laughs> I started the class off with of this. I got everyone interested. Okay, now all right. they they teach that in when you're class, the classes you go to when you're I'm a rabbi about rhetoric about how to give an exciting class. No I'm kidding. I have like classes <laughs> and how to give exciting classes <laughs> <laughs> as a rabbi, but. Okay, so we will eventually, hopefully, God willing, get back to understanding what the Baal Shem Tov meant, that he was against the study of Kabbalah. Okay, so, Log Bomer, this Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday, and all of you, God willing, are going to my room. Yes, yes.
1: Rude. Me? I got to tighten my purse string. sorry.
0: Really? That's the difference? I
1: have literally 80 bucks in my account. I have no so. <laughs> the, the college student bank
0: account. <laughs> I'll pay for you to go No, no, no No, I'm serious It's that important No,
1: I'm, no, no no. I don't take money
0: to I'm not I take giving you money I'm no, giving your soul money to pay
1: you back now. No, you're I'm not going to pay, pay me back, back. You, you don't to want to pay me back? back. I'm going to have to pay you back I'll tell you how you can pay my me standards. back I don't take money
0: You're not taking money back. If I give you the ticket without you, the money, then I you don't have to No, no, that
1: means you pay for me. You have to go. But it's, it's very important. I don't
0: understand. It's very, very important.
1: How much is twenty Twakishanko dollars? I don't have money. It's five okay. dollars. Okay. I mean, Fine. We literally, we get it subsidized. We only have to pay dollars. five dollars. No, yeah, I don't have mm-hmm. the money. That's okay. Yeah, I really don't, I can't. Okay. The payment's coming up, I don't have the money. Huh? I feel bad. If
0: right you now, change your mind,
1: $20. pennies are pennies.
0: That's way. true. That's the view of a righteous person.
2: Everyone's important.
0: The, t- the Medrash tells us that righteous people care about the small coins they care about a penny I think wicked people don't buy it. that no, could I be alright moving on I don't
1: have money
0: moving on Lag Bomer, the 33rd day of the Omer is also the day the wedding day of Rabbi Shem Yochai wedding and death? no just wedding
1: what? Wedding
0: what do you mean what?
2: We're all
0: taught that it's his death. Yes, well, you know, just because you've been taught something doesn't make it true. He never did. But, but, well, okay.
2: So let's define our terms for a second.
0: okay? If someone were to tell you that...
2: Define
0: what We're going to, but we're going to start with death first. That way we can end on a positive note. Um, death. If someone to say, I'm about to die. So-and-so's dead, right? Um, generally, we think of death as the end of life, right? Okay, now, I don't know about you, but do you think of getting married as the end of your life? Sometimes. That's very sad. <laughs> Wait, no, and, an indica- and an indication that you've been infected by modern Western culture. Oh, but.
2: Relationship ended.
1: Yes. <laughs> what is the timing okay. of
0: that one? <laughs> what does getting married mean?
1: Inviting
0: Combining two souls, right? In, st- that, the, in other words, that you have one person's life, another person's life, and they join together to form a joint life, and then the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Mm-hmm. Both, actually, that happens quite literally when their children result. Okay, so unlike Bomer, what happened to Rabbi Shimon is that his life as a being separate from God and God's life as a being separate from Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai—they joined, joined together, and he completely unified with God. And so he viewed that as his wedding day. But
1: he did no, not it view that, that Everybody would.: ask.
0: It doesn't unfortunately. I'll tell you why in a moment, but I won't elaborate on it. And therefore he said he wanted everyone to rejoice and celebrate because it was his wedding day. Um, he did not view that as death at all. That was not the end of life by any means. In fact, it was the greatest enhancement to life. Now the reason why this is not true of everybody is if in any part of yourself, you identify yourself and y- as having some kind of autonomy from God that you value then, then you know, losing that actually is a kind of a death right? this is why in the western world getting married is viewed as a death because we value autonomy above all else and when you get married you, you lose a significant amount of autonomy
2: hey, I'm what? Confused. you can be,
0: auto- you can you be, can married, be right? autonomous in a marriage, that is true but the degree of autonomy that you have goes way down down. Which is not a bad thing. I'm, I'm all for that. Right. So, people forget that you can't be
1: autonomous.
0: Not only can, you should be. Like, yeah. When two people are married, there needs to be some degree of autonomy. But the amount of autonomy that you have is significantly reduced. Yes?
2: I'm really confused. Okay. I I don't know. Okay. I'm very confused. But when, okay, I thought it was that when he died...
0: He didn't, but yes.
2: Like when he like no, before he died, he was like he was like when I die, celebrate my life, like make it a celebration. Don't oh like yeah, yes. he even
1: said this himself. Oh,
0: no, yes, he said like, this himself. He didn't say it as, but he but he he, but he so said he called this is you should this is my wedding day. I'm now going to be united with God. This he calls is not, his death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we like well, I can't see yeah. him. He's not eating and drinking, going to the bathroom. So he's dead. That's because we yeah. conceive of life as eating and drinking, but he didn't conceive of life that way. Uh, right. See, death is the end of life. He did not so, die. Uh, yes.
1: About something in the czar. But is Zohar and Kutuba of his marriage? Was
0: the
2: Zohar no, of his no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> final of the, of the we... Yeah.
0: So, God,
1: yeah. so, I'm
0: saying, so
2: before he's uh, you know, cause <laughs> but he, he said like
0: this is not a death. Yeah, I'm giving. I mean, it's not verbatim yeah. what he said, but this no, is but the yeah. context. Yeah. Oh. He said, "Do not mourn. This is not a sad day. I am, I am, I am becoming united with God. This is my wedding oh. day. Do not think of this That's as my why death. It's like
2: a celebration. Right. Some like other people have. Taught us, and they were just like, No, like, this sounds, this makes so much sense.
0: Now yeah, I feel so special. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they just said,
1: they were, like, they were like,
2: Oh, when he died, he said, Like, celebrate yeah. me. No, I mean, no, it made, no, that no, makes sense no, too. Well, but I'm saying yeah. this yeah. makes sense. Yeah,
0: awesome. but so did Alexander the Great. He's like, When I die, celebrate me, because I was great. No, that's not. No, like, You know, if you care about somebody and they get married, you should be happy.
1: Yeah.
0: No. Wow. Hey, I mean, so that's basically. So, I'm
1: so
2: happy for him today.
0: Right. So uh, Now In Judaism um, As is illuminated by the Kabbalah Which the Baal Shenzhen doesn't want us to study apparently um, The day in which events happen is very significant <laughs> The day in which events happen is very significant because The every day has a specific kind of a spiritual, I hate these words but we're going to use them anyway, a spiritual energy whatever that means, I don't know what it means but it has something. These days. Every day every day, every day, every day every hour everyone has his own unique spiritual energy, whatever that means Um, and the events that occur at that day and at that time are the product and manifestation of that kind of energy, just to use a very simple example one second we don't celebrate Pesach because of the exodus from Egypt. Oh, it's the 15th of
1: Nisan. The, like fift- the 15th of ER is the highest right. form of right.
0: energy. Right, whatever that is. Right. So there's this special energy on the 15th of Nisan that reemerges in a unique way every year, and that energy caused the exodus, and it's that energy we celebrate, we get in touch with by celebrating Pesach. Right? So, um, in other words, the, 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 the historical event and our celebration are tapping into the same or, or similar energies because every year is unique and different, so blah, blah, blah. Which means that the day that um Shem Bar married God and became totally unified with him, what?
2: I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Obviously that day is significant. So there's many things we could talk about, but we're going to talk about the day in terms of the sphera, because there's 49 days of the Omer. We count the Omer. There's even the little thing that tells you what you're supposed to work on each day. See it. a previous class. <laughs> um, and so we're going to talk about the significance of the with of Rabbi Shem wedding day, the sphere of Lag Bomer, which is Hode within Hode. So, I guess that's orange within orange, if we follow the chart over there.
2: Which oh,
0: one okay. yes. Yeah, which I already have anyway. Class, I'm ask, yeah, that's uh, I'm gonna... Maybe. We'll see. Okay. Now. So. The important thing to understand about Rabbi Shem is that he was not the first capitalist, he was not the last capitalist. But in a certain sense, he is the most important Kabbalist. Not in every sense, but in a certain sense. Why? Because he wrote the Zohar. The Zohar. Okay. What made Rabbi Shimbar so special? Does anyone know? And if you say that he wrote the Zohar, that's cheating.
1: No, I think so.
0: Okay, but, but that's cheating. Other he than that
1: no, like, I mean, everybody knew the things of the, uh, of the Kabbalah? No, not everybody, but, like,
0: people knew it, but he was the first one so who just put it on paper. Nope, it's actually not true. He actually didn't write the Zohar. His students, Rabbi Abba, wrote the Zohar. Oh, I just wrote
1: his sound. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: it's like, it's like people say that Hashem wrote the Torah, but it's really Moshe wrote the Torah. Oh, yeah. mm. no, but
1: then you get the opposite,
0: you can say Moshe wrote the Torah, but it's
1: really Hashem. Right, okay. So, so...
0: Right, so what the Zohar actually is is Rabbi Shema Bar Yochai's conversations with souls, angels, his colleagues, his disciples, and some conversations amongst his colleagues and disciples that was then written down by his student. So he is the principal contributor to the Zohar, and it's all centering around his teachings and his learning, um, but no, it's, it's much more like the Medrash of the Talmud. It actually is a Medrash. So it's him and his contemporaries and disciples discussing Kabbalah. No, what makes, so, and then was written down by his disciple, Rabbi Abba, who, according to some opinions, lived 400 years, so Rabbi Abba was very special. Um, What makes Rabbi Shimon Baruchai unique amongst Kabbalists is that Rabbi Shimon Baruchai had a view that Kabbalah should not be kept secret. It should be taught to the masses. Isn't that why
2: you died or didn't die?
0: No, no. You now, just because by the way, just because you have an idea doesn't mean you get to carry it out, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For instance, you could have a brilliant idea. Tell all your friends and colleagues about it. Write it down. Have it written down on paper. A Well, or a really bad idea. You know, using your example. Like, but okay. Yeah, that was that was the, you know, another masses. controversial bombshell. By
2: masses, you mean like non-Jews? No. You mean like all Jews? Masses all of the Jews, like anyone, like Jews. anyone's
0: yeah. low or high. Yeah. So it is not the case that in Rabbi Yisroel Baer lifetime this happened. In fact, it, it didn't even really start happening until the Arizal, and the Arizal is let's just say, about 1,300 years later, give or take. Yeah, around 1,300 years, give or take.
1: Um, Rashid
0: was a, he died around? He didn't die. He spoke about this. That he got married. Around yes.
1: Zero, <laughs> <laughs>
0: what, what Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was a fourth generation Tanna. So I'll, I'll give you the dates, and we don't have the exact dates. Hillel and Shammai, um, they were leaders of the Jewish people up till somewhere around the year 0 to year 10. Okay? Rabbi Yehuda Nasir compiled the Mishnah, um, passed away at the year 198-ish, probably. Some interesting debates about that. Let's go with 198. And then you just have to run the, run the dates. So Hill had a disciple named Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai, um, was the head of the Jewish people during the destruction of the temple which was around the year 69 or 70.
1: Wait,
0: a lot of people. But one of their disciples was Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai. And he was the one who led the Jewish people during the destruction of the temple during the year 69 or 70 or 68, depending on how you do the dates. Rabbi Yechem and Dazaka passed away shortly thereafter. And then you had, what is, then you had um, the generation of um, Rabban Gamliel of Yavne. Then you have the generation of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva's disciple is Rabbi Shimbar Um and then after that generation, um, you have Rabbi Huda who compiles the mission, and he passes away in 198. So, and we know, so you can like kind of figure out around the dates there about when things are. There are probably people who know more about it than me, but that's so. So, when exactly he was born, and when he exactly he got married, um, I don't have exact dates for you.
1: So Rashbi
0: codified the Zohar after Yashka. Well, for sure, because according to Jewish tradition, Yashka lived before Hill and Shammai Really? Yeah. According to our tradition, he lived well yeah, like in the times of Rabishhua Mapra, he was a disciple of Rabishhua Midpratia. It's a whole other story. Let's we'll talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And according to our version, we put him to death. We didn't hand over him over to the Romans. We did it ourselves. Anyway. Another discussion for another time.
1: <laughs> it is
0: <laughs> okay so so he was the first one who really had this notion and really started to present Kabbalah in a way that it should be accessible to everybody
1: what did it look like beforehand?
0: um I'll give you some, some quotes of Kabbalah this Is this really cheating because it's like whatever I'm going to do it this center. Anyway. okay um So, before Rabbi Bar Yochai, so when the, the earliest work of Kabbalah was the Sefer Yetzirah. So the Sefer Yetzirah sounds, sounds like this. Um, um, three mothers, seven doubles, and twelve singles. God created the world with three things. With a book, with an author, and with a story. Um... Stuff like that. They're very cryptic sounding. Like, I mean, the, and the and the way the Talmud presents is that the general rule was that you only teach the stuff to people who can understand it without you explaining it to them. That's actually how it's codified in the Talmud. Is that Kabbalah should be taught to people who don't need it explained to them. That you give them these like little um, cryptic things, and they are spiritually sensitive enough to figure it out on their own. So that
2: uh, did that actually work?
0: Yeah, it did. Um, but the first person really had this idea that, that we should really have, like, exploit like, the Zohar is a lot of, like, sitting around and discussing and debating Kabbalah. And not just between people who are physically alive, like, he, souls who have since departed, Moshe and there's arguments. And it's this idea that, that it's something that human beings should do what human beings do, which is engage and discuss and debate and, and, and get involved with. Um, and that didn't really catch on. Uh, most of the Kabbalah you know, was was pretty secretive through most of the history. The person who really first started the real big push um, was the Arizal. Um, and people argue that Hasidus is in line with that.
1: Yes, I would just figure out what is the difference between Hasidut and uh,
0: Kabbalah? Mm-hmm. It's a is class for a like, different time. But
1: it's uh, important because I don't understand. Is it like, like Hasidus a new version of Kabbalah? No.
0: So I have to give you a class about the differences between chassidus and kabbalah, but I'm not going to do that now. Now we're just talking about kabbalah. Although, I will just say that kabbalah is incorporated into chassidus. So you have chassidus, you get kabbalah for free. But they are different. It's like like is incorporated into it. You can't be a chassid and not keep Halacha. It doesn't work. But, okay. So. Here's the thing. As long as Kabbalah is in the basic format that you're not supposed to understand it unless you're already spiritually sensitive, Um, it's, you know, it's not really something we have to worry about. If you're spiritually sensitive, great. And if you're not, then, you know, nothing to do with you. But if we're going to say that Kabbalah is something that we're supposed to teach people, we're supposed to educate people, we're supposed to bring to people, then now you have to worry about a problem, which is that maybe people misunderstand it, maybe people misinterpret it, maybe people will distort it, maybe people will abuse it. Okay. Um, has anyone heard of the Ramban, famous Torah commentary? Um, so the Ramban wrote a commentary on the Chumash, which is a combination of uh, a commentary kind of like Rashi does, although he often disagrees with Rashi, plus the Kabbalistic commentary and woven it together. And if you look in his introduction, he says about the Kabbalistic stuff, don't try and understand it, because if you don't understand it, then it's not meant for you, and if you try to explain it, I guarantee you that you're going to mis- misunderstand what I'm saying anyway. So when we have it right here. When Art Scroll translated the Ramban's commentary in the Chumash, um, and you look in the translation, he will say, and here's a Kabbalistic thing that they will translate it. They only translated the non-Kabbalistic stuff because Ramban said Kabbalah is not the kind of thing that you can explain to people. Which one? See the second Uh, shelf on the left says Ramban, the Nekhomish. So if you peruse through it, the translation will sometimes say, now it follows a Kabbalistic explanation of this and therefore they don't translate it. Mm. (sighs) Okay. So what is the issue of with Kabbalah that there's such a danger that it could be misused distorted like what, why why is this why does this fear exist specifically with Kabbalah um, and why does that connect back to Rabbi Shimbari Chai getting married on the sphere of Hode within the sphere of Hode or whatever that means why should you not study psychology you just
1: have to examine other people.
0: that's right I mean you should but like, it, it, you know but too far. Okay. okay. One of the things that human beings love, we desperately love. There's like, like we are we are we are addicted to systems. Anytime we can turn the chaos of real life into something systematic, even if that system is wrong, even if that system is false, even if that system keeps getting us into trouble, we will almost always prefer a systematized version of reality which Consistently fails rather than just embracing the fact that life is chaotic. All the more so if your system happens to be roughly, you know, accurate most of the time in making sense of the world. We love systems. Why? What is it about having a system that is so compelling to human beings?
2: Simplifies things. It
1: gives us
0: it simplifies things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh. It, gives us understand it gives us a sense of control. gives
0: us control. Yeah. Gives us control. And that works on either way on two levels. One, it gives you a sense that there is control out there, even if you don't have it. Like, even knowing that there's a system, even if you don't have it mastered the system, is very common. Right? Um, that's why in every culture, people who are the, the masters of the system, so, you know, the priests, the philosophers, the scientists, the lawyers, the doctors, whatever it is, in whatever culture, they're viewed with a lot of... Um, respect and admiration they're trusted because of the sense that they have access to the system all the more so if you have mastered the system to some degree yourself that it cr- creates a sense of control the sense of stability and on the contrary when you have a sense that there you don't have a sense of how the system works or worse there is no system that is frightening right? um, you ever been in the hospital You know, the worst part of being in the hospital why is waiting so bad? Because you don't know, right? Right. It, it, but it's, it, if they had, like, someone comes to you, can explain to you. You're in the hospital. And then the, so they had something to you, what's going to happen first, second, third, fourth, right? And what the issues are. And it would make it so much easier, right? But the nurse says, we'll get back to you. And, like, back to me about what? And when? And what? Like, like, you don't even know what is the next step that's supposed to happen. If you tell me, you're going to sit here for 16 hours... Yeah, but, but so, if, if you have a scheduled surgery, but, like, even when I had my son had to have a scheduled surgery because it was an orthopedic surgery, which is a low priority, right? It kept getting pushed around and bumped around, and they don't tell you what's happening. And I'm not saying this so really that they should, because, you know, if they have to have, like, a personal guide to each person in the hospital, the you know, expensive running the hospital. No, they don't. But I'm saying if they did, that would raise the expense of running a hospital to be astronomical and then people's medical care or something. But... If you had someone who was an expert in how the hospital is running, telling you each step of the way what is going to happen, it would, you know, it's something if you're waiting in the airport, um, you know, for your flight, and you get the sense, like, they're not telling you everything, it's very nerve-wracking. It's like, there's a mechanical delay. What does that mean? What does that mean? Like, are we leaving in a half hour? Are we leaving in, like, oh, it turns out that the plane didn't show up, at the... <laughs> The stewardess. Mm. Do they tell you that at the oh, man, beginning? Really no. No. All of a sudden
1: you see her running five minutes before boarding time and
0: we're like, wow. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Oh, okay. So like, we want to, that's, that's human nature. That's human nature. hundred percent. human nature. Okay. And I'm not here to criticize that. I mean, God made us that way. However, like everything in nature, nature you want to think of like a knife. A, a knife can be useful, a knife can also be harmful. In navigating the world, where we're trying to control the world, right, as the, as the verse says, yitzra, God created the world for it to be domesticated by human beings, having systems is very helpful. In managing things, systems are extremely, extremely important. However, in interpersonal relationships between individuals, if you start systematizing your and modeling your mind, the other person, what does that do to your relationship? Well, first off, let's talk about being on the receiving end. What happens when you get the sense that someone has like a working model of you and they're pushing buttons to get responses? Even if they're not like doing it with, like, against your interests, right? Like, how does that feel? You feel used. You feel used, right? Now let's talk about it on the user end. If you're doing that, how do you? View, what happens to your view of that other person? You start viewing them as another object in the world. You are, become unable of seeing them as an individual. Right? And so if I start realizing, oh well, people they work like this, and so what you're experiencing is this, right? And and it's really bad. Like you, you start seeing yourself that way because now you can relate to yourself as an individual. In other words, interpersonal relationships require us to make ourselves vulnerable to the fundamental lack of control that, that comes in the fact that the other person is not a system. There isn't something to master. And as much as you get to know somebody, the minute you start to think that you know them enough so that you've figured them out, that's the beginning of the end of your relationship. Now, it might slowly die and then you physically die before that happens. But if you genuinely think you have them all figured out, you're not actually growing closer together. Now, that doesn't mean there's stuff that you haven't learned about them. Okay? A way of thinking about this, a way of thinking about this is, if you ever read a book, this is not a perfectly good analogy, but a little start for If you ever read a book, um, and about halfway through the book, you're pretty sure how the book is going to go. It's, it's fiction, not, not nonfiction. Yeah, you're pretty like happy with the book, you're pretty sure like what's going to happen. Okay. Now, once that point hits, and let, what happens to the experience of reading after that point? Like once you think you have it figured out.
1: Like, uh, I stop reading.
0: A lot of you yeah. just stop reading. Some people keep reading to verify if they're correct, right? Even if you eat and, now, and then what ends up happening? Let's say on the off chance you were wrong. Now you have a whole other problem because now you have to deal with this sense of violation of expectation, and the sense that you were wrong. And but but, but in all these three reactions, either it's whether you keep reading to verify that you're right and you were right, or you stop reading because it's boring, or you assume it's going to be boring, or you keep reading to see if you're right and it turns out you were really wrong. In all cases, you are no longer actually engaging with the actual story. Now. You know, stories are stories and that's a different thing. But with a person, the minute you start to have this sense that you're just, you know the script already, you know what bus- buttons to push, like, you know, it might be in your interest to keep maintaining the relationship, whether it's a marriage or a friendship and like, you know, you get stuff out and they get stuff out of it. But the idea of genuinely becoming closer together is no longer happening. And in those cases where the person isn't the, doesn't fit exactly into your model anymore, you have very serious conflicts. What would it be like if when you interacted with somebody, there was an underlying sense that you really are just not in a position to make any assumptions about them? I mean, you know what you know. Like They've done what they've done, they've said what they've said, they've expressed the emotions that they've expressed, and that that does give you a perspective on them, but the scope and depth of what is unknown, how that all fits together, far outweighs the little bit that you do know and so you should just like there should not be any real sense that you have a handle on them if you approach somebody that way and they approach you that way you, a lot, you can come about there's a lot of room there in order to really come together right okay. now in Kabbalah there's a, one of the spheres is called Hode which apparently is colored orange I don't know why but it is color I, I have a general rule, which is I don't think the spheres should have colors other than the colors that are mentioned in Kabbalah. And I don't know of the color if there is one that's Hoda's colored and So, so
1: what's its closest representative?
0: I don't know. I don't know. to make stuff up. The
1: spheres are in Kabbalah.
0: They are in Kabbalah. Yeah, it looks um, like a system, doesn't why it? Why are
1: we learning them then? Because we're not allowed, we're not 40 years old about... Well, I don't want to, like, uh, like, uh, go you're gonna have to though, make, you know? you're
0: gonna have to, you're gonna have to make a choice, which is either you're gonna trust me, that I'm not leading you down a dangerous path, <laughs> or you're going to decide that you don't trust me and walk out of class right now, well, but those are your choices. Listen,
1: listen, listen. I, I heard there were, like, really important people. Right. So you're
0: I'm yeah, just I telling mean, you, I I would, I'm, I'm just it. telling you, you are going to have to make a choice now whether you trust me or not. I, 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 I
1: really trust those people. Yeah. I don't even know who they are.
0: But. Okay. <laughs> I will not be offended either way, but I'm going to keep teaching the class one way or the other. Okay. So... Hode, like every sphere, we don't know what it is. So if anyone tells you they know what it is, they're wrong. They don't know what it is. But we know that we know some of the ways that it manifests in our life. Okay. One of the ways that hode manifests in our life is our ability to accept um, that we don't really know what we're talking about. <laughs> like, for instance, have you ever been in a class where you say something and then the teacher says something, and you have the sense that, although you're not necessarily fully convinced by what the teacher has said, but you have the sense that you really don't know. So that would be an example of hope. Although something in the teacher's presentation of the subject matter has made you come to the realization that you may not what, what the teacher is saying you don't fully understand, but it's very clear that from what they've been presented, you don't know what you're talking about, and so maybe you should just be quiet and listen. Okay. That would be an example of Hote. It's not the only example, but it's a example. No, I want to use that example for a reason. I'm
1: yeah, so confused. You don't understand what they're saying, but then you accept the fact that your lack of understanding
0: That's right. Is there. That's right. Because if you understand what they're saying, then that's not Hote at all. Right. Hode is, be, Hode is acknowledging your own lack, your own... If, if you thought one thing and then someone explains to you why you're wrong and now you understand why you were wrong, then that's not a lack of understanding. Now you understand correctly. Right? It has to be that even once they presented to you why you're wrong, you didn't fully understand what they're saying. But what's clear to you is, I don't know what I'm talking about. In other words... You
1: don't know what they're...
0: You don't understand what they're talking about. And you know that, that you're completely wrong. You, they might be right, but you don't understand what they're saying. Let me give you an example. Okay. It doesn't. All spirits are proper nouns.
2: What, yeah. Your life
0: will be better if you just accept it. Translating Hode is like translating London. So
2: like does that mean kingship?
0: No, it doesn't mean kingship. It means Malchus. It's like it's like it's like, transla- it's like translating Moscow. The proper noun. Or Frank. Or Frankfurt. <laughs> A proper noun means it's the name of a person, place, or thing uh, that's specific. Um, you can describe it, right?
2: Yeah. What's your name? Jamie.
0: So Jamie's a proper noun. Translate Jamie into Hebrew. It's kind of meaningless, right? right? <laughs> it, does, it doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. And you can translate it as a word, but like yeah. you, are not a, you are not a word that has a different... You are a person, yeah. and that is your name that refers to you. We well, can describe <laughs> you in many different ways, right? But none of those are the translation okay. of your name. Okay. Okay, yeah. so yeah. there is... So there none of them, though. None of them really are <laughs> translation. correct.
2: But, like, like, easy, but when, when you, you use translate. it, sounds like a word. Like they are know, also words, word.
0: but you know they most sense. proper names are actually uh, have some. Right, for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, there is a name Avram. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's an improper name. Oh, but, okay? okay, it also means exalted father. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Okay. There, there, there is a name Sara. Yeah. It also happens to mean. Um, this is actually not the right. I'm trying to think what would be the right translation.
1: By female, um, I, I think I
0: think the best translation would be lady in like the classic sense. Female servant, lady. No, no, because it's a tra- It's the feminine of sar, and sar is yeah, much more. Sar is like a it lord.
1: <laughs>
0: like in the like in the medieval sense, a lord. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Not like the modern sense, lord. Right. So, uh, you know, lords and ladies kind of like someone who actually has independent governing power by virtue of their. Higher noble birth kind of thing. Anyway. What's his name? Princess. Yeah, but princess like has a whole different connotation in English. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we should understand understand to our abilities the spheres as concepts, not words that they can just be brought into.
0: No, they're not concepts, they're proper nouns. Yeah.
1: Proper nouns that There's this actual thing in existence.
0: No, there's this actual thing called Mahus. Okay, but it
1: doesn't have a translation.
0: No, but it manifests in many different ways. It's like you. Sometimes you talk and sometimes you don't talk and sometimes you run around buying clothes and sometimes you read books, right? Those aren't those aren't translations of you, those are ways you express yourself in the world, right?
1: (laughs) But then why do people put translations to them sometimes?
0: (laughs) People like to have people like to treat things as concepts. Makes them easier to have a handle on. Like psychologists like to treat you as a concept.
2: Psychology, psychology is just a fancy title for putting words on concepts Right. just so definitions definis- 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 people explain you you know. Know. So that like,
1: oh I understand it how work, you it's doesn't. translating to this it's not
0: no, no, I can tell you there are things in your experience that are manifestations of chokhmah but you don't know what chokhmah is I don't know what chokhmah is
1: so it's fine I if I can't put a word to that. Yeah,
0: it's better I mean, that it's way good, it's better I can that can't
1: way put words it's better that way
2: now. I mean,
0: just continue. I'll, give, I'll give you an illustration So I'm going to take malchus I'm going to give you three different things That are manifestations of malchus okay? The human ability to speak Is a manifestation of malchus The fact that the king Is allowed to cut off your head If you don't do what he says Is a manifestation of malchus okay? And f- w- women's inborn desire To get married Is a manifestation of malchus But not men's Men's inborn desire to get married is not a manifestation of malchus. Man- so you go figure out what is the one thing that is manifesting in those three very diverse ways. That's malchus. I don't know what it is, but... Okay. Yeah. Right. You don't really know what it is, and I don't know what it is. Anyone who says they know what it is is like... liar. Yeah, or deluded. Okay. Are there
2: any, like, some of those that make you feel so much better?
0: Yeah, they're called cabalists.
2: No, like, in today's world, that like... Like There's an
0: old Jewish saying which is those who know don't say and those who say don't know. Okay. Right, I'm saying I don't think they're correct in their pursuing obscurity. are people Okay. So, going back to So one of the manifestations of Hode um, is your ability to recognize that you are completely ignorant. You do not know you're not entitled to an opinion. Not because you've now been informed of the correct view of the matter, but simply that you, you've encountered somebody who clearly does demonstrate some expertise that's beyond you, and so you walk, like, walk away with a sense of, they know what they're talking about, and I don't know what I'm talking about. I also don't know what they were talking about. That happens a lot of times, by the way, in classes. Right? Where. Somebody who has expertise is talking about a topic, and all you walk away with is, they seem to really know what they're talking about, and I'm pretty sure that even though I thought I knew about the subject, it turns out I don't know very much about the subject. Yeah. So the ability to accept your own ignorance is a manifestation of code. However, in this manifestation, the reason you're accepting your own ignorance is because someone else is de- demonstrating expertise or proficiency. In other words, fundamentally, you don't feel like you're fundamentally ignorant. It just happens to me that in the face of someone who really seems to know what they're talking about, you all of a sudden discover that you don't know what you're talking about. You also don't understand them. Um, By the way, I'd just like to point out before anybody asks, everything can be abused and misused and distorted. So... This phenomenon of Hode manifesting as your ability to recognize your own ignorance in the face of someone else's expertise can be used by people presenting themselves as if they have expertise to make you feel like you don't know what you're talking about. Um, and how can you differentiate between the two is not an easy thing. Um, but just remember, anything is like a knife. Anything that exists in the world is like a knife, so that means it can be used for good or for Evil. So this manifestation of ho that allows you to accept your own ignorance in the face of someone else's expertise can be abused. So
1: it's still right. pseudo
0: ho? That's right, or pseudo rabbis, such as people who lean on Stenders trying to persuade you that they know what they're talking about.
1: <laughs> yes. Is that still considered ho? Because you're still. Let me ask you a question. Let me
0: ask you a Have you ever watched a movie? Yeah. No, you haven't. You watched a series of images being flashed in front of you very fast. And that created the optical illusion of movement, right? Yeah. But would you say you still saw a movie? Yeah. Okay, so the fact that you can take a faculty and play around with it and manipulate it doesn't mean you're still not using the faculty. It's just you know, seeing, you, know, you don't actually see movement in movies, right? Your, your sight is being tricked into thinking there's movement, right? It's just movies, just one image after another, image after another, there's no actual movement happening. Yeah. Okay. So you have this ability to accept your own ignorance in the face of someone else's expertise. If someone is tricking you into the fact that they have expertise when they really don't, you're still using that faculty. It's just being manipulated. It's being tricked. Okay. And that's that. Shouldn't do that to people. Okay. So this is why he said that you need to trust me. Or not trust me, it's up to you. Okay. There's another kind of hoed, though. Uh, so, so, or another kind of manifestation of hode. Um An extra many. So sometimes, by the way, you don't defer to somebody's... Um, you don't acknowledge your own ignorance and defer to them because they're an expert. Maybe it's for some other reason. Okay. But then there's this idea that you just, from the get-go, from the outset, you fundamentally don't presuppose your own knowledge. You automatically assume that you're ignorant. Where in life do you automatically assume that you're ignorant? In everything you don't know? No. Actually it's not true. Most people assume that they know the stuff they don't know.
1: Well so after you're No. I didn't know what's gonna happen
0: then. That's yeah, true, yeah, do. but um,
1: we have a pedal like
0: Okay, but but there but here but here's the thing, here's the thing. The fact that here here's the thing. What I mean an automatic assumption. I mean an automatic assumption that doesn't require rationalization. Well, you just it's like this When I read a book, there's a question: Is this going to be something I'm going to be knowledgeable or not? And you say, "Well, okay, if this person wrote the book, has the expertise and knowledge beyond what I'm familiar with, then." So what you've done is you've rationalized yourself into a level of ignorance, which is fine and that's good, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you just the fundamental gut instinct is. How would I ever know? You walk
2: into a Mormon village. <laughs> you walk into like, any community that you just like, have
0: no idea what's going on. Okay. Good. But Hopefully. Although many people don't. But, okay. And you know another place where you, you should? That
1: one you, right? When it comes to a concept that, like, a <laughs> concept,
0: You should never have it when it comes to concepts. When it comes to concepts, like, concepts are concepts, right? And the only difference between the person who understands them and doesn't understand them is a matter of training and expertise. And if you presuppose when someone introduces a concept that you don't know anything, that's wrong. You should weigh in, in these, judge that based on context. If the teacher says this is a new concept, then okay. Then I should assume I don't know. If the teacher says this is an old concept that you're familiar with, we're going to look at it a little differently. Then you should assume that you are familiar somewhat. Um, what about other people? Their inner lives? What should our gut instinct be about other people's inner lives? No idea. What is our gut instinct about other people's inner lives?
2: Ask this question. I'm
0: confused about, uh, What is our gut instinct about other people's inner lives?
2: Inner lives?
0: Inner lives. The stuff that you can't see. Like
2: their brain? Their thoughts?
0: Their thoughts, their feelings, their motivations, their hopes, their dreams, their aspirations. How The stories they tell themselves about themselves.
2: Well, if you think about that.
0: Well, that's really narcissistic. Or you should. I mean, I mean, I think about other people, but I'm
2: not like, yeah, Al, what are her hopes and dreams and thoughts? It like, well, like, well that's, The average that's, person doesn't do that every day. I mean, the average you know? person
0: has very superficial relationships with other people. Well, like, but when you get married, when you I get married when you get, married, when you get married and when you have children, I hope that you dedicate a large part of your inner life.
2: I'm just confused. To other people's inner life. I'm just, like, just like I'm not like That's, I can't I can't understand like right now everything that she's she, thinking right now, but you try like no. when the auntie, you look at someone and you feel like something like oh I can't understand where they come from. Pass judgment. On people. I How is that passing judgment? I'm saying everyone judges. Oh.
0: Yeah. Now, for instance, if, let's, use, let's use a simple example. Like, if somebody's rude to you, what immediately starts going through your mind about them?
2: It depends where. Like, when the bus driver's mean, I'm like, aww. Oh, I'm like, I don't know, maybe they had a rough day. Like, they're not trying to be mean. Like, is, right, Deborah? Anytime they're mean to us, I'm like, aww. <laughs> but I'm not like, what's like going through their head? I'm like, wow, maybe someone else is just mean to them, and now they're angry, and then they're mean to so me. you're trying to understand them?
0: You're trying to understand them. Ah. Uh. Right?
2: <laughs> I like to make
0: up stories. We all, everyone does. Right. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, what, what? It, so, it, if our interactions with people are relatively superficial, so then it's fine. Make up a story that puts them in a good light so you can interact with them fine and move on. Right. Yeah. And that's fine for like the bus driver and you know, the person sitting next to you in school and your teacher. You
2: mean like our friends and
0: family? But right, the closer you want to be with them, the more that making up the story that is going to work for you about what's going on in their life, in their life, is actually detrimental. And, really it's not even the making of the story it's the underlying sense that I'm even titled to having making up that story like somehow I have any insight into what's really going on into someone else's inner life I feel
2: like that's just getting to know
0: someone like so if you want to get to know someone how what should you do
2: uh, learn about them ask yeah like learn about them
0: and you ever but had I can't,
2: like, you can't understand what they're thinking every time? Exactly. Like I've known you for 3 <laughs> weeks, I don't know what's in
0: your head. Let's assume people are healthy for the for the purposes of this class cuz this is all an analogy to get back to God. No, I I, I understand, like but there's a there's an interesting philosophical dis- debate as to whether you should bring up the abnormal case in order to f- to better understand something or you should s- not bring up the abnormal case in order to better understand something. And it seems from my reading of Jewish thought, whether you're talking Kabbalah, Hasidists, classical philosophies, they all seem to have the view that bringing up the abnormal case um, makes it harder to understand what's really going on. And it seems that in the modern world, the, 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 it tends to be you find the most abnormal extreme case, examine that and try and work backwards based on that. Um, so I mean, we've all had the experience where someone has asked us how we're feeling and we get a sense that they already think they know the answer. Right?
2: Yeah.
0: And we've also hopefully had the experience where someone asks us how we're feeling, and we get a sense the person actually doesn't think that they know the answer and genuinely wants to know. Right? Which one feels better? A second. That's right. To have that underlying sense this is someone else. It doesn't it doesn't even occur to me that I wouldn't know what's going on inside them. As a Fundamental, just gut instinct in how I see someone else, okay, that is a manifestation of something that is called in Kabbalah, Hode within Hode. I don't know what Hode within Hode is, I just know that one of its manifestations is this instinct that if I'm dealing with someone else, it doesn't even occur to me that I really would know what's going on inside of them. And that manifests itself as a genuine humility and curiosity and openness to them to allow them to share what's going on with me rather than me presupposing or trying to fit them into some system. And that also means I don't hold them to things. You ever have this conversation where you say something and then 20 minutes later in the conversation the person like catches you on contradicting yourself? And it's, like fairly evident in your experience of things. It's not a contradiction. It's just somewhat complicated and nuanced. And because they're trying to fit you into their model of how things work, like you don't fit into their little pre-described... Five boxes, and so like, well, if you if if you're like this way, then how can you also be like that way? It doesn't feel very good, does it? No. No. So here's the problem. In order to study Kabbalah, you have to have the attitude that you are not going to go learning. You're not learning a new system. There's a system. There's a system. There's a system in how the physical world works. There's a system of how economics works. There's a system of how governments work. There's a system of how halacha works. Does God work according to a system? No. In fact, even people don't really work according to a system. So, if God is going to open himself up and start sharing about. His, so to speak, inner life and how he experiences himself and his relationship with the Jewish people. And you're going to approach it as you're going to now learn the the divine system and figure out how God works. That itself is a corruption. That itself is a distortion. And then if you're going to think that you've mastered the system, you're going to use that to manipulate God, that's really inappropriate. So, traditionally, the idea was, well, just don't explain, if you just don't explain Kabbalah, People are naturally sensitive to God. They're fine. People aren't. Aren't. But if I'm going to start go explaining Kabbalah, what's the danger? I'm going to start saying things, and in your mind, you're going to make one of those things. What is that? I'm trying to. It's a chart. You don't know what it's a chart of, but it's a chart, right? And there's some kind of systematic relationships in that chart, right? Yeah. The red ball's connected to the yellow ball, and the yellow ball's connected to the orange ball. But the red ball's not connected to the green ball unless it goes through the yellow ball. Aha. So if I want to get stuff from the red ball to the green ball, I've got to go through the yellow ball. I don't necessarily... But there's something there. Take
1: it down. <laughs> Take it down, destroy it. Imagine if someone
0: had that it's in their the head about class. you.
1: No, it makes sense. But now, the
2: more you explain
0: it, like... You're married, and your husband's like, okay, I want her to get to the green ball and she's right now at the red ball. There's no direct path from the red ball to the green ball unless you go through some of the other balls. The most direct is to get her go through the yellow ball. So you start pushing the buttons to move you from the red ball to the yellow ball in order to get you to the green ball. Hey, if, if you start getting the impression that's what your husband is doing, like that's,
1: <laughs> you have a real
0: serious problem, but right? But
1: if he didn't realize there were any balls, and then he's
2: like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I don't understand what's going on. Like and just like really confused the whole time. But then once he realizes that there are all these, you know, this intricate system going on. Mm-hmm. So which, who helped them make that? This? There is
1: more. <laughs> the that's right. It gives ball, you a sense like of stability
0: and control. And what that does is, it also creates distance and separation. In other words, in order to be really connected to someone else you need to be comfortable embracing your fundamental ignorance and the vulnerability that comes with that and that's what ho with one of the manifestations of ho Shabahod is that i am fundamentally and will always remain fundamentally ignorant about you and there is not a, you are not a system that i can master
1: oh there's the flip-flip. one second let me
0: finish yeah. and that inherently makes me vulnerable and if i'm not okay with that then i can never really connect to someone else now, we're going to do a little quiz. Okay, The quiz is for the shluchas. Yay. If the shluchas do not want to be publicly humiliated, they can back out, but we all know that that's why they're backing out.
2: So there's two ways of being publicly humiliated. That's right. You like how I manipulated that? Either way, you better be <laughs> Choose your
1: form.
0: Okay. Okay. So, um, okay. I would like the shlokas to stand up. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. All, All, closed.
1: Closed.
0: All the shlokas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, no, no. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you we're, representing mama?
0: We are starting at my right and we're going to go around the table.
1: <laughs> this is yeah, this is <laughs>
0: <up>. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask each one a question. We're going to start my right. We'll go around because God wants to start the right. Okay. I will not comment on the answers until everyone has given the answers. So that's the last person is in just as so much a precarious situation as the first. You
2: got this. Don't be nervous.
0: What is Elokim? Oh. God. Okay. What is Havaya? God.
1: Okay.
0: And Wait, last. Can answer? No. No. <laughs> no. And last. Okay. What is Adnai? God. Okay, good. You all passed with flying colors. That was the right answer. Yay! And that's why. Okay, sit down. Hey, what did you want to say that was the wrong answer? Never mind. Never mind right. This is why the Baal Shem Tov doesn't want people studying Kabbalah. Elohim means God, Havai means God. In fact, every name of God just means God. God. And the minute that that is not self-evident, the minute that you lose that, that that the minute you turn Elohim into Elohim means Gevura, and then the natural order, and Simtsum, and Havaya means revelation, and kindness, and then you've just turned, you've just turned the inner life of God into a system. (laughs) <laughs> and there's no difference, the Baal says, whether you think that it's red balls and yellow balls and green balls, or that Elohim means Gavur and Havai means Chesed, what you've done is the same thing. Instead of having the sense there's someone who I'm in a relationship with, who I have no, no, not just no right, it, it's nonsensical of a sense that that, that mm-hmm. they would fit into any sort of system, I've now turned Your person. In other words, I've psychoanalyzed. I'm like, the same danger of learning psychology and then trying to have a relationship with a person. And so the Baal Shem Tov says, as long you can study whatever you want, doesn't matter, but if what you're studying is going to lead you to build a system, the way the Mitl the second Rebbe of Chabad puts it, the one whose picture is on the right, on the top,
2: see how unsystematic this is? Yeah, an- yeah this is a really yeah. good representation. <laughs> for <laughs> for <laughs> so the
0: Mitzvah, he's the top right. That's his picture. <laughs> it's just so unsystematic. Um, his son-in-law, the Saad, said he lived So that's his picture. She's the Chassidus. So he, he says, he said, um, everything has to be directed to God. <coughs> if in being directed to God, you want to enrich your appreciation of God through looking in the Zohar, and the writings of the Arizal, that's fine, that's wonderful. But if you're going to act like the so-called Kabbalists who want to ascend upon the ladder and say, I know the secret, I know the secret, and to build these wafty edifices of systems, regarding such people, the verse says, God made people upright and they sought out many schemes. The idea that you're going to study mysticism and figure out the system, the Kabbalistic model for things, and now you have know how, like, the, the, the program, and the structure by how God works. And worse yet, you're going to try and use that to your advantage. That is the very reason why the Baal Shem Tov was against the study of Kabbalah, and that was the very thing that, uh, that Rabbi Shim Baruch knew that we would be able to overcome. That we can learn about the spheres. They're saying we can learn about our loved ones without turning it into a system. Your friends, your family, they can share with you their hopes, their dreams, and their fears without you turning it into a system. Yeah? They can do that? That's possible? As long as you do what? You don't lose that underlying sense that they're not a system and how would I ever have any way of like turning them into a system? As long as you have that ho chibahod attitude. And as long as we have the attitude that no matter what we learn, about the mystical parts of the Torah, the spheros, the lights, the vessels, the blah, 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 blah. We're not learning a system. Then there's no age limits we'd have to worry about. There's none of the Baal Shem Tov's antagonism against Kabbalah. What the Baal Shem Tov was worried about and what many halacha authorities were worried about is that people are going to learn about these things the same way they learn everything else. It's a system to be understood and mastered. Other people aren't systems. All the more so God is not a sister. So, when in Chesidus it starts talking about Chesed as a Sphera, what does it mean? No. It means, like, when you have a conversation with your mother, and your mother tells you about the stuff that she's really into, right? Are you having a conversation about the concept of life, goals, and passions? Or is your mother sharing something about herself with you? Which one? Your mother's telling you what she's really excited about. Are you having a philosophical discussion about the role of passion in human life? No, No, you're just talking to your mother about what she's into. right? It's not so complicated. It's so something even a five-year-old can understand, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So, same thing. God is just telling you about what he's passionate about or what he's not passionate about, what he gets upset about, what he's not upset about. And if you turn it into anything more psychoanalytical, philosophical, systematized than that... And what the, the Rabbi I knew is that every single Jew is capable of having this hod shibahod attitude. And therefore, we should talk about this stuff, but not to turn it into a system. This is one of the reasons why in Chassid al-Chabad we do not make charts of the spheres. Okay, I think we
1: should really take a chart
0: I was never in favor of putting it up to begin with. I'd like to point this out, <laughs> and I figured that, Lag <laughs> BaOmer, <live laughs> we celebrate why Kabbalah, is a good opportunity time it was to only remove last it.
2: Last year, so why wasn't it prevented? Why didn't you prevent it? Yeah. <laughs> because
0: I do not presume that I have control, only influence.
2: Yeah. And
0: it's far easier to influence look, people who who. It's far easier to influence people who don't have their sense of agency being violated. The people who have the idea to put it up are obviously more resistant to my influence than you. So
2: 79
1: is better than 78. Uh, at least we have questions. We can just put a flag in it that says... Sorry, set, guys. Just <laughs> 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 up. I know, 79. <laughs> it's not it happening, you guys. <laughs> because that's why you
2: were supposed to put a picture in the spot. Yes. No,
0: wait, links it should be a blank spot, like
1: as a protest. Like definitely, I'm using about it. Yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. like,
0: there is no zero tolerance. It also feel good, By why do I that
1: things oh, and things go all ten? Like I totally do not understand what's happening. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it to you either. <laughs> but I think that the purple we should pretty. have an uproar. I it With a bonfire
0: Okay. So
1: things. we'll go to um, May Road with it. How pretty! <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so really do you want to
0: hear something? You do, something? do you want to hear something that Chassidus says?
2: Yes. For a mitzvah, yeah. okay. I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is there a lot going on in other people's lives? Yeah. Okay. If you really care about somebody, yeah. Deeply. And they're a major part of your life. Is there a space in your inner life for their inner life? Yeah? Like yeah. like their tragedies take up some space yeah. in your life, their successes, their failures, you care about yeah. Batteries. yeah. Okay. And if they care about you, does the same thing happen?
2: Should.
0: Okay. So when I was a little child, my mother had a pizza sauce that she used to use to make pizza. I think I mentioned this before. Yeah. What was on the container, on the can?
1: A person holding 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 the can.
0: And there was a picture on the person, that little picture of the can holding the can, which in theory means that how many people are on that can? Infinity. Infinite. So if, let's say, you and another person genuinely care about each other and genuinely open to what's going on in the person's inner life and make that part of your own. So there's, inside your inner life is their inner life, and inside their inner life is your inner life. So how many layers of you being inside each other are there? Now, do you want to systematize that, or do you want to just embrace that very notion of how interwoven you are? Which one? That's what that's what that's what Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai believe we could all do is that all of the so-called complexity of the spheres and the levels and blah 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 is just what happens when we're a major part of god's inner life and god's a major part of our inner life and those things therefore get interwoven because this is going to sound a little bit funny but there's god being aware of me being aware of him being aware of me being aware of him being me aware of him being me loving him the fact that he knows about me the fact that right and you but this is not a system. This is just the reality of two beings genuinely engaging each other. And the more you approach it that way, and you don't make any presuppositions about it, there is a system, and I'm going to master it, and then God forbid I'm going to try and manipulate it, but rather just appreciate the richness and beauty of how deeply interwoven you are with God, and God is with you, then you are living the thing that Rabbi Shimon Baruch Hai knew that we're all capable of. Now, Chassidus builds on that and takes that to a much deeper place. Okay? But I'm not going to do what Chassidus adds over and above that. That's a separate discussion. But the idea that Kabbalah is just another section of Judaism that you're going to learn about the mystical arrangements of the spheres and the worlds and the souls and the system, how it works. The Arizal, who was famous for like, saying all this Kabbalistic you know, code, was also very much against people trying to systematize and turn Kabbalah into that kind of a thing.
1: The like, what, like a incident, like these false
0: no, no. There's, there's two things. There's manipulating the way things are, and then there's going off the deep end. Okay, okay. manipulating the way things are is like, let's say, like I know that you really like pizza, okay. and so I say, well, okay. You give me in your. I'm gonna. I, of
1: the deep dish, like,
0: yeah. Just in yeah, order to get, in order, in order to look, look better. Yeah. What? Fine, whatever, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Right? But I, I, I do the thing that you want in order so that you'll be in a better mood so you'll do the thing that I want. Right? It's like I wanna ask you a favor, before I do I get you the kind of pizza you want. That's manipulating. that's treating you as a system and then manipulating it, right? Shabtai Tzvi is, is taking it one step further, which is, not only do you think it's a system, you can manipulate it, but you even got your model of how the system works is wrong. So That would be, that would be like me coming over and punching you in the face under the impression that that's what you like, so then you'll do me a favor. Shabtai Tzvi is like way off on the deep end. Um, someone who studied Kabbalah and probably suffered from some serious mental illnesses. He married a safer Torah. Like, no, like, really. And he had a special blessing before he. Did he you
1: ready? He did a lot of things, there. Yes. He married a Sefer Yes, child. he had
0: a Sefer <laughs> Torah and they had a Chofa <laughs> and she was dressed up as the bride and he was a cousin.:
1: Oh, that's so worrying. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, it
0: was. That's why he was excommunicated. <laughs> <laughs> it was very worrying. <laughs> Shabtai <Shopped> Tzvi. <laughs> Say it
1: again.
0: Shabtai Svi.
1: Shabtai Svi. He yeah he was time the next Hey, what else? think Shia Yeah, yeah. To and, uh, the and then When did this happen? He asked the like, don't want this happen? Where can you read
2: about this? Um
0: I mean, I could say the internet But We all know how reliable that is How
1: about it already? Yeah What? The Ariza
0: But about 200 years-ish? Okay. So, at what point, at what point was Rabbi Shimon Baruch Ha'ai able to fully integrate God into his inner life and God integrate Rabbi Shimon into his inner life? What day did that happen? Black Bomer. Oh. That's why it's a wedding. And what is necessary to really allow someone else to be part of your inner life and them to be part of your inner life and really appreciate that is... This manifestation of Hod Shabbat Hod Hod with and Hod, which is not—I don't think that I know what's going on because I lack expertise, but because fundamentally you're not a system; you're someone else. And how could I possibly presuppose to have some sort of handle on you unless you are going to be gracious enough to share it with me? And when you have somebody who relates to God that way so fully, they ultimately unite with God. And each of us, if we have that attitude, when we study things like Chesidus or anything else that is Kabbalistically inclined, it brings us genuinely closer to God. On the other hand, if we study it like it's some sort of a system to be mastered and then God for manipulated, then we become further from God. Which is why the shluchas all knew that the do not explain that el is concealment and Havai is revelation, but it means God. God, 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 God.
1: So cute to get married on mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you gonna do it? I'm gonna uh, find someone very soon tomorrow. <laughs> um,
0: I would recommend against that.
2: <laughs> why?
0: Because we, yeah, we you should not get me. married to somebody. Make the decision to get married to somebody now, so you can get married on <laughs> Thursday, <laughs> and then, you know, the other thing is like when you're ready to get married, it's really bad idea to delay the marriage. You want to get married as soon as possible. Why? Within reason Why? Um, because closeness outside of marriage Is detrimental to your relationship And the longer the time frame Between being comfortable With the decision to get married And the actually getting married The more you have to deal with Maintaining closeness But not too much closeness And it's just easier Like why make that unnecessary
1: I think it just, It's always yeah. next to your luck
0: so, mm-hmm. the Rebbe at one point there was one time where the Rebbe said that anybody who would get have the wedding within six weeks from the engagement, he would help pay for the band or something. Wow,
1: really? Yeah. Did it work? Is there a scholarship on for that? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not
0: anymore. How do I accomplish Not anymore. There are communities that delay it for a very long time. Um, a. Oh, the Rebbe,
1: define a long time.
0: Like a year. A, the rebel yeah, was, was against. A, the rebel was against that, and B, those communities tend to be the kinds of communities where the bride and groom don't really know each other before they get married. So it's like, like
2: so it's not exactly they, delaying it because it's not like you're like playing that whole game like how to get close not to get like, right. But it's
0: still like you know who they are and, like this. Yeah. But it's, it's but just better been, in the old times. Everyone did that. In the old times, it was very different. I'm not saying we should go back. In the old and. <laughs> <laughs> In the old times, <laughs> most people had very little say in who they married, and most people married very young. Yeah, and they, the the idea was like you marry them off before their identities are fully formed, and then their identities grow together in the same way they, like you get along so with your relatives. Like <laughs> so you're, you're, More or less. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, but that that was <laughs> that's basically like, so like your spouse like is your relative, right? Married, so like, like you have siblings. siblings?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: so like. You get if you marry young enough, I mean there's issues with it, especially the way modern world is set up and, and, and no Holakhori thinks that we should actually do this nowadays, but in the olden times the way society was set up, you, you know and the way families were involved in it was just you're creating another family relationship and you know, those are easier to if you develop the, if the identity of the person is not fully developed yet, then they just develop together.
1: I mean there is a point, okay? Yeah. Because people were six years old, they're their own lives, and when it
0: got together like it's There look, it's still true even nowadays, it hasn't mitigated yeah. with the, the kind of lifestyle we live and the degree of autonomy that we we have from our families. So all things, you know, being equal, getting married younger is better, but we don't have the ability for people to like do that in the way like they used to be. I mean, there was a famous cluster of Hill Hart, who got married at eleven. That was young. He, oh, yeah, he, was who he was married at 11. But he who wore a tallis at... and a Are you? How old was
2: his wife? 14? Um, 11. Wait, how old was his wife?
0: Nine. I, would... I think she was older than him.
1: Oh. Come on, no. Yeah, I think she
0: was older. Yeah. than like her. Her. She's, She's,
1: She's like a pedophile, also. She's probably like fourteen. Was a, fourteen was a
0: normal marriage age, like 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 Wait, almost all Jews in Eastern Europe in those days. The women were Mostly getting married at fourteen. Married he was unusually young. He was unusually yeah. young. Eleven like, was unusual young. In
2: contact, I can't married. 18. Who was who was the person that married a three year old? Yes, Yeah. They did, they did, commentaries on it. Yeah. Married but she according to Rashi, she was three. It wasn't
0: it like but there's commentary some, that he didn't
1: uh, marry. Some commentary said that he change. decided when she was three that
0: he not a quite Darashi. What other
1: commentaries? <laughs> yeah, one okay, of them but, but said. He right, decided we're not quite one, <laughs> of <laughs> one of, of them decided. Wait, we're talking
0: about what? <laughs> 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 anyway, um, you is
1: this okay, week so oh I would
0: just like. I would just. I would.
2: Wait, can we cut early? One second. What?
0: There is, isn't there. This is a total. Is a is a totally separate topic. It is important to understand that age. Is different, there's, there's physical age in terms of like how many years you've gone by, there's psychological age, there's the age physiologically, and those don't all sync up. Um,
2: the number is
0: not on the passport. Yeah, the way they're at position, they, the age is not the number on the passport. Um, just to give you a sense, the, the, this Hill uh, Hilaparch, who got married at 11, he was an expert Kabbalist and a halachic authority. Before he got married. Right. So we like, "I have kids. I, one of my children is frankly brilliant. But that's not the same thing as being an expert capitalist in a luck authority at the age of 10. Jagon so turns on a totally different level of being. What?
2: The Rebbe That's the Reb Marash, right. uh, fourth Chabad Rebbe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, the Chabad Rebbeim, as a general, got married at fifteen. Just yeah, who did you say?
2: The, like the one was like he he wrote. His wife gave his.
0: That was the tzemach tzarek. Yeah, and
2: then he like didn't he? That, that story that like he never fabricated. He, he was never part of.
1: <laughs> it seems so insane. So they like compared to those other ones. Yeah, that was really mapped out.
2: I
0: kind of like mapped out. They're why they're, did the
1: rabbi get married so late?
0: Communism.
2: Oh? I mean they were engaged yeah. for three years, but
0: like over. Well yeah, but there was also there was like the there was two major issues. One was finalizing the engagement it took a long time.
2: Why why are those paintings?
0: Why? I can tell you the unofficial things. Yeah. Turn off the recording. The unofficial (laughs) thing.